0: Hey, it's the week of Christmas, and that means we're out of the office. But we do want to get you uh, at least one how-to. Rachel, what can we help you with?
1: I was wondering if you could find out how do cows moo, well, how, is, how would a person moo in a British accent?
0: I think the place to start would be how do you moo?
1: I moo with an American kind of Nevada accent going moo. That's
0: okay, pretty standard cow, yeah. How long would you say that you've been wondering about this?
2: months you run into cows as part of your daily life
1: not so much just kind of pass them
2: okay
0: you pass them by and do you ever try and engage them in conversation nah they're too far away usually it's i mean it's possible the cows you're passing are british but you've never talked to them maybe i hope so that'd be really cool or maybe they're looking at you going i wonder
2: what one of those sounds like with a british accent
0: all right well we are going to find you an answer and uh okay we'll talk to you soon you know who knows a lot about cows Who's that? Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Star of stage and screen? Yeah, that's right.
1: Hi, Mike. Hi, Ian.
2: Hello. So, Patrick Stewart, you heard Rachel's question.
1: And you'd like me to answer that question, which I'm happy to do. It's not a straightforward, simple answer. Unlike probably many other countries where a cow's moo is a cow's moo, in England, you understand, we are dominated by class by social status, and by location. So, for example, a cow that is in a field next to my house in West Oxfordshire would move in one kind of way, and a cow in a field in the semi-industrial town I grew up in, in the north of England, would move in another kind of way. Huh. Uh, am I clear so far? Yeah, Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, if I were at home in West Oxfordshire right now and I walk down my lane and there are always cows in the field and I say, hi, good morning, cows, and they would moo at me like this. Moo. Now, that's a very conservative moo. You must understand that I live in the constituency of David Cameron, our prime minister, who is a Tory and And I assume these cows voted for him. I don't actually vote there. I vote in another place in London. Okay. Um, but if I were at my home in Yorkshire, where I grew up, and I went out and not that there are many fields left where I grew up, but uh, I would find one, and I would find some cows. What you'd hear would be something like this: <laughs> I'll do that again. <laughs> You can hear the difference, can't you?
2: That is a stark difference.
1: Yeah. Well, this is all to do with environmental and cultural conditioning. Now, then, and I know we don't have time really to go into this in detail. We'd need the whole afternoon. But what you're understanding is that the English moo changes from location to location.
0: You you would recommend that the the traveler talk to cows all around the country.
1: Uh, I would recommend that they do that anywhere, everywhere. Cows have got a great deal to tell us.
0: Well, our, our caller uh, who asked this question is from uh, Nevada. I wonder if you're, if you're familiar with the sounds of American cows, if you want to give us your impression well, of that. Well, you
1: know, it's very funny you should say that, but my wife is also from Nevada, so I have some experience of uh, Nevada cattle. And if you like, I can give you my impression of a Nevada cow.
2: Wow. It's a much higher pitch. Yeah, the difference. Yeah.
1: Yeah, much higher pitch. And it's much more nasal because, of course, that's the way you people talk. And, of course, the cows are influenced by how you talk. as You are influenced by the
2: cows. Well, I wonder, uh, because there are so many different uh, regional accents in uh, the United Kingdom and in Britain, Do you know um, what, like a cockney cow, how a cockney cow would moo?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, you understand cockney cows are pretty rare these days. Mm -hmm. I mean, in Shakespeare's day, yeah, there were cattle in the middle of London. But nowadays, well, generally speaking, the, the city of London doesn't, feel too good about having cattle in Piccadilly Circus, for example. Sure. But I can give you an idea of a cockney cow. I'm old enough to remember when there were cockney cows and it would sound something like this. Which, which is much more like a sheep than a cow. It is, yeah. That. But that's, you know, because cockneys, you know, they got these fights or axes, they talk like that, you know, and the right. cows have taken on that sort of sound as well. I mean, it seems. But that's a real rarity. I mean, your your people must not think that they're going to go to London and get on a subway to Whitechapel and they're going to see a cow, because they're not, unless it's in one of these fancy art galleries that's cropped up all over East London. I
0: mean, I may be hearing something that isn't there, but in these various cows you've walked us through, it seems like uh, I'm not just hearing a a difference in accent, but a a difference in attitude in the cows around uh, the country.
1: You're very sensitive. You're absolutely right. What you heard just now was an urban cow. Right. And, uh, you know, all of us who live in big cities, we have to be watchful. We have to be on our guard. You know, we have to be prepared for fight or flight at any moment. And it's the same with cattle.
2: One of the things we know about English culture is that breeding is so important for people. And it's something we talk about uh, also with cattle, so what would a cow that is the most well-bred, how would that cow move? Well,
1: this is a very interesting question, and I really don't have time to go into it in detail. But um, we had a prime minister many, many years ago called Alec Douglas Hume. And one of the wonderful things about Alec Douglas Hume, including his name, by the way, and you would think that his name was probably spelled H o m e h u m l or something like that. Mm-hmm. His name was actually spelled H-O-M-E, home, but it was pronounced Hume. And that we do that mostly to confuse Americans, <laughs> you know, like Leicester Square and Leicester and all of that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, the thing about Alec Douglas Hume was that he didn't move his lips when he talked. I'll give you an example. It was one of the other classes he and actually move their lips because moving your lips is terribly bad taste. You understand me? So, if Alec Douglas Hume had cattle, and I'm sure he did, he must have been a landowner because I, I think he was actually Scottish. Um, his cows would have moved something like this. Mm-hmm. Very refined, very sophisticated, very cultivated. These cows would have gone to Eton or Harrow, yeah. or at least the cow equivalent of eating
2: and Harrow. Yeah. Well, Sir Patrick, thank you so much for your time.
1: You're very welcome. I
2: enjoyed talking to you.
0: Well, that does it for this uh, short episode of How to Do Everything. What did you learn, Mike?
2: Well, I learned that, like people, cows have different accents.
0: I, you do think about this talent he has. Mm-hmm. He plays a good cow. And how that was what maybe wasted on Star Trek The Next Generation.
2: Like that he should have been Captain Picard?
0: Let's just uh, go ahead and, and end the podcast right now. All right, we will see you next week, maybe the week after. Probably the week after. We'll see. Um, but we hope all of you have happy holidays. And a happy new year. And if you have any questions, send them to us at howto at npr.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.